can we make our lives healthier and less toxic, but in a way that doesn't feel totally overwhelming? My guest today, Shauna Holman, is going to tell us how. She runs an Instagram account called A Little Less Toxic. She also wrote a book called Healthier Home, the room-by-room guide to make any space a little less toxic. She's going to tell us about her incredible health journey today, why she started to make her own life less toxic, and how we can do it in a way that is balanced, in a way that is doable for all of us, and also in a way that helps us maintain our mental and spiritual health as well. You are going to love this encouraging and educating conversation with Shauna. It's brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com. Use promo code Allie at checkout. That's goodranchers.com, code Allie. Shauna, thanks so much for joining us. Can you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So thank you for having me. Yes. I am Shauna and I am a wife and I'm a mom and I was a classroom teacher, but I came home when we had our firstborn and uh, thought I would go back in the classroom, but I have not going to be doing that. Yeah. But, yeah, things changed. I... I don't really know how to describe what I am, who I am, but I'm recently an author. I just wrote a book. Yes. I have been on like a 10-year journey of trying to make my life healthier. Yes. Yeah. It's after, called a healthier home. Yeah. yeah. I um I had like, I don't know. Do you want to get in like crazy backstory already? Yeah. Or? Let's get into the crazy <laughs> backstory. Let's just dive in. Go yeah. for it. I um Well, I grew up like very conventionally, like most people that grew up in the 80s and 90s. And, you know, did you grow up in California? I did. Yeah. California born and raised. I know. Yeah. People guess I'm from lots of places. But yes. Yes. Okay. Girl. And uh, yeah, very conventionally. My parents were like young and not like prepared to have us. And um, my mom ended up raising us by herself and did the best she could with what she knew at the time. And, you know, but it was a lot of like mac and cheese and SpaghettiOs and all of those kinds of things and the conventional products and Never had a problem with any of it until I did. And I started having chronic pain that we think was either migraines or sinus infections. We treated it like both for five years. And when, how old were you at the time? Uh, How old was I? So that started in like 2013. I was, I was around, how old am I now? Who knows? You know, it was like my my mid twenties. I started okay. just getting. So this no, is yeah. this was adulthood. You adulthood. didn't, as far as you can remember, you didn't have any health problems growing no. up. Even with those, you know, conventional products, you felt fine. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think I just didn't really have any health concerns until maybe like there are a few things looking back in like maybe my late teens or early twenties where I'm like, oh, this is some random joint pain or things yeah. like that, but just kind of brushed it off until it was something that I couldn't really avoid. So I'm like in college getting these sinus infections I yeah. thought so treating it conventionally I just go to the health center there and you antibiotics, get antibiotics and steroids yeah. right then it got better and then it came back and then did the same thing and it got better and then it came back and at yeah. first it was kind of spread out then they started getting more and more frequent more like close together and sometimes worse just the frequency the duration the intensity was all just getting worse over time yeah until it just got kind of debilitating at some points where it was really impacting my life and then of that five years the last year of it i was in pain 24 hours a day every day for a whole year and i was still i didn't want to keep taking these medications so i had seen like every different um a lot of like the ents and allergy specialists and um the brain people. What's the name? 
Uh, like a neurologist? Yeah, them, yeah. those two. Yeah. yeah, so I had a CAT scan. I had like my septum corrected. I'd, but they thought it was things. sinuses, obviously, because mm -hmm. so every time you were having these headaches, even as they were getting more frequent, were they always prescribing you antibiotics? Yes. Yeah. So they were pretty sure, or at least they thought they were pretty sure that it was a sinus infection and nothing else. Like it yeah. must have felt like sinus pressure then. It's, I still get it when I have reactions, but yeah, sinus pressure. Sometimes it was diagnosed as a migraine. So I tried migraine medication that made me like dizzy laying on the floor. Yeah. Just nothing was really working. I would do, I think the last few years of it too, I was almost daily taking like a combination of like Sudafed, Excedrin and, um, and uh, Benadryl. And you just thought that's what you had to do to like function. To yeah. Yeah. I had no other options. I was going to these doctors like begging, you know, I don't want to keep doing these things, yeah. but they really had no other answers for me. And so I would not take the antibiotics every time because I, I didn't really have a good understanding of them, but I knew like that's probably not good to take all the time. All the time, yeah. So I was trying to avoid them. And then at the end of that last year of those five years, I was on antibiotics for this migraine sinus infection thing at the time. And I had a little hangnail and I was washing a dog dish and then uh, right afterward, I felt it felt like it was infected. So I like clean it up really good. You know, when you, you felt that probably before, which this feels like it might be a little infected. Yeah. So I cleaned it up really good. It started throbbing. Oh gosh. Like, That's really weird. And so, I, you know, put as much as I could do. And my husband and I went to bed when I woke up in the morning, he asked how it was and it didn't really hurt anymore. But I noticed I had pain in my underarm. Oh my gosh. And thought that was kind of weird. And my mom's an RN. So I let her know. And um, later that day I was showering and I noticed there's a little tender spot on my arm right here. And it kind of set off an alarm in my head that it was like pain, pain, pain. That's yeah. aligned to my heart. So let me just let me just yeah. pause for a second and try to I just want to make sure I know where you are in your journey. So you said in your 20s, there were these like five years of pain, the sinus pain. So this was towards like the end of those five mm -hmm. years. Was this before you said those last five years you had pain like all the time? Yeah. Basically, was this within that time or before that time when you within started? that time? OK, yeah. Okay. So, so you this is like was almost like, five full years of living yeah. like this. So you're yeah. like not feeling good anyway. Mm -hmm. And then you get this. And yeah. so the alarm bells kind of start to go off. Yeah. Yeah. So I called my mom when, when I realized like, Hey, I think this infection spreading, she Ugh. says, you need to go to urgent care, you know? Wow. So I go into urgent care and they say, Oh yeah, you have an infection at the same time too. I had like, kind of like a little scab or something around my nose. They're like, Oh yeah, it's like a staph infection. So they gave me, I'm on antibiotics and oh, I have an goodness. infection. So then they gave me a shot of a stronger antibiotic and he's like, so this should take care of it, but I'm going to give you a prescription for something topical for what's going on around your nose. And when he's going out to get the prescription, he comes back and now there's a line on my arm like this. So I have like the spot here, the spot here, and now a red line that's sticking out like my vein on my arm and the underarm I'm like hey and then it's the spreading. thing on your face but yeah. was that already there before you started yeah. feeling the pain and yeah. your hangnail okay mm -hmm. but I didn't really know what that was yeah you didn't connect it exactly okay yeah so then he comes in and I'm kind of freaked out like hey I think it's spreading and he's like well the thing I just gave you should take care of it and if not then you're like you okay come back you know yeah I mean, what are you supposed to do <laughs> you don't know <laughs> okay yeah. yeah I mean all you yeah. can say is are you sure I think I think that's what I would say in that situation. Are you sure? Yeah. And of course, you're not gonna be like, well, now that you say that, now that you ask, no. Never okay, not. so your and only I've, option at that point no. is to go home. And I've been living at the doctor's offices for five years. You know, I know I know how this goes. They're pretty much like take the pill and yeah. the end, you know. So you had been basically at this point almost continuously on antibiotics. Yes. 
Yeah. At this and, point, and no doctor regularly. ever was like, huh? <laughs> so were you taking basically the same kind? Like, were they mm-hmm. always giving you amoxicillin? Amoxicillin every time. Pretty and much. that's not even necessarily a no. super strong one. No. So they didn't even try to change it up and say, I wonder if there's a reason that you're not kicking these sinus right. infections. Right. Okay. And for that last solid year, it wasn't like I was in there all like, hey, I still have pain because I didn't want to keep doing the same yeah. thing. It wasn't working, you know, but it would get so bad then I would relent and go in there and say, hey, I need help. Okay, let me tell y'all about Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth makes my favorite sheets. Makes amazing loungewear. I love Cozy Earth, especially in the summer, especially pregnant, y'all. It's hot. I need these temperature regulating sheets to keep me cool. And the material that Cozy Earth uses, this bamboo viscous, is just amazing. I cannot stand to even sleep on any other sheets except for my Cozy Earth sheets. I really love them that much. They also make amazing towels, like the kind that are like they're fluffy, but also they're you know, scratchy and effective in a good way, in a good way. I'm talking about that they really dry you. I love our Cozy Earth towels. Again, I won't use any other kinds of towels. Love their loungewear, super luxurious. Like, I could live in their stuff. This is a great gift too. I think a great wedding gift is to give really nice sheets to people because that's something they can hang on to and really value for a long time. Save 35% on Cozy Earth bedding now. Go to CozyEarth.com slash Allie. Enter my promo code Allie and save 35%. That's CozyEarth.com slash Allie for that 35% discount. CozyEarth.com slash Allie. Before we even get into how the like infection story ended mm-hmm. up, how much was this affecting your day-to-day life, this pain? How debilitating was it? I mean, I had to learn how to function around it because I had to live, you know, whether I was finishing college or going to work and just living. Yeah. But it was it was very much impacting my day-to-day life. It was making it hard to function yeah. where it was like, you know, there were like people laying hands praying on me because yeah. it was really... It was awful. It was, yeah. I mean, because you, you said that you were in college. You graduated from college. I'm mm-hmm. guessing you started to work. You got married. Mm-hmm. During this time, Mm -hmm. I'm like just thinking about all those life things like your honeymoon and all that that you had to endure when you just felt so chronically terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And it just was like I said, it was just part of my life. I had to learn how to function around it. Yeah. Which I feel like is very symbolic of a lot of things that we do with this stuff. Right. But yeah, it was there were points where I was just like, I can't really need. You probably didn't even like remember what it was like to not live with pain. No. A certain point. No, it was very much my normal. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, so then. So at urgent care, the doctor says, yep, you're good to go. (laughs) Then you go home with this pain. Yeah. Well, I went to the pharmacy to go get my little prescription filled and I'm texting my mom and she's an RN. So, and I think I was like, you know, it's like 10 years ago, I probably had a really crappy little Blackberry or something with picture quality, you know? And so I was telling her like, okay, they said this and I'm sending her pictures and she's showing the doctor that she works with. And there's at this point, I have a little line here, a little line here, a little line here, and I still sore in my underarm. And then I'm texting her. And she said, the doctor said, if that gets any worse, you need to go to the emergency room right away. And I look down from the text and I have one solid red line all yeah, the way up my arm, no, right? I'm like, no, oh, call her. Yeah. I'm going in. You're either like turning into Spider-Man or something. Yeah. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> yeah. So 
my husband and my mom took me to the ER and by the time I got there I had sepsis and oh it was a resistant strain of staph so I was on IV antibiotics for a week I mean I had like tachycardia it was I was not in good shape no I didn't know like you know you get to the emergency room and it's like totally crowded and there's all these people there's a lady like bleeding out and after they took my vitals they called me right back and there's still people waiting and I, so I knew it was pretty bad yeah. so they put me on IV of like the strongest antibiotics and I had to take those for a week oh my followed gosh. by a month of more antibiotics oh my gosh so at this point, your poor I'm body desperate like i cannot do this anymore i'm seeing infectious disease now and like all these do- my same doctors new doctors i'm begging all of them like i cannot keep doing this and they Ugh. had no answers for me at all so i'm just desperate so i started reading and looking at other ways i can help my body because i clearly the what they were doing for me or what i was taking was wearing me down so that a hangnail almost killed me <laughs> so i didn't want to do that so is anymore that what they determined that's really what started the staph infection so mm-hmm. the thing on your face did that even have i think i had staph right so, so okay. but this point of entry allowed it to kind of just go take into your over. bloodstream mm-hmm. wow it's almost a i don't know if it's a blessing or not but it's like almost a blessing that it happened as quickly as it did mm-hmm. and such a blessing that your mom was like accessible like that and so that you immediately knew okay something's wrong it's not like like you just don't know what if it got worse overnight you fell asleep you thought everything was fine who knows what would have happened right. so it's almost better that it went as quickly as it did wow. absolutely because yeah if i would have gone to sleep i really we don't know but i i didn't read for years about that particular like staff and MRSA because i just didn't think i wanted to know how scary it was but it was really not it was yeah. not good <laughs> so you said you started reading about how to help mm. your body but where did you start? And like, was there anything that made you think there's got to be something more than what the doctors are telling me? Like, had you heard about other people who had healed themselves naturally or anything like that? Or was it just like a thought you had and you decided to Google it? Yeah, it wasn't really my my lifestyle at all at the time. I had started to think about ingredients a tiny bit because my husband works in oncology and so cancer is kind of like our second language uh, but really didn't I I knew nothing about any of this stuff Um, and my mom saw a nutritionist on like a PBS special talking about inflammation and she told me hey I think you should check out this lady's work and so I read her book and it was about an elimination diet and how these different foods can contribute to inflammation for people when your body's out of balance like they can be really healthy foods for some people but not when you're out of balance and so you pull them all out let your body kind of reset and then reintroduce them and see how you tolerate them so I'm like I'll try it you know so I finished my antibiotics and then I did the elimination diet pretty much right away and wow. then within days of eliminating these foods I was pain-free for the first time in over a year oh my god it was really fast so it was undeniable and it just kind of opened up my eyes to this whole world of reading ingredients basically because I couldn't eat any of the things in my pantry or going out to eat was kind of impossible because these ingredients are in most things and I had never really looked at ingredients before I would turn the package over to look at the nutrition facts or just read the package cover like oh it's a hundred calorie pack it must be healthy that's how I lived you know (laughs) yeah Yeah. I was very much like I had Taco Bell on my wedding day like I was very much like lived that life lifestyle. I thought that 
yeah. fast food made me feel great. And I yeah. would say I love chemicals. It does and feel great in the, in, in the <laughs> well, moment. Honestly, yeah. right now, when you said Taco Bell, I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds well, pregnancy. awesome. Yeah, That's pregnancy. the last time I really want to talk about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. OK, I think that a lot of us can relate to that, especially yeah. growing up, like even you talking about um, eating, you know, Chef Boyardee and things like that. Now, my parents, like my mom is a great cook. My grandmother lived with us. And so we did have a lot of home cooked meals. But I mean, also, we ate what a lot of 90s kids did mm-hmm. which was okay like Reese's Puffs in the morning I would have um, Rice Krispies and I would put like ma- I mean it probably wasn't but in my mind I'm thinking I'm like it was like a cup of sugar and just like <laughs> white sugar just put it in there and I would love when it would like get to the bottom when I got home from school I would get Oreos and I would yep. you know like let them get mushy in the milk I'm like oh my gosh some of the things that we ate without mm. even thinking about it then yeah. it's wild that like any of us are even functioning at all yeah yeah and I think it probably does affect a lot more of us than we realize but we just consider that you know the other things I had before it was so extreme it was just kind of my normal yeah like oh everyone gets headaches or everyone gets joint pain at 20 years old right (laughs) and so what were some of those in that elimination diet Mm -hmm. what does that entail like what were some of those things that you had to give up that you said were ingredients that were in most of the things in your pantry yeah so I always forget what all the seven words gluten soy dairy eggs Corn, Eggs. artificial sweeteners, and I left one out. Gluten, sure. There's one more, but yeah. So some really common things that, yeah. like eggs, are so healthy unless you're out of balance and inflamed. They might not be. So yeah, yeah. Pulled all those out, and it's for 21 days, and then you reintroduce them one at a time. Very much like when you're introducing foods to a baby, right? Mm. So reintroduce one at a time to see if I would react, and I reacted to all of them. Well, some of them you don't really reintroduce. It's like we don't want artificial sweeteners. We're not going to put those back in. And but like gluten, let me try the best bread I can find because I really want to be able to have bread and just know within a day my headache was back yeah Yeah. so have you kept eliminating those like do you eat any of those things today i do yeah so over time if you heal your body then you should be able to reintroduce some of these things or maybe all of them over time but yeah i have eggs now i have dairy yeah Um, i can have soy on occasion gluten still does not like me but one day maybe it's like you like gluten but it's unrequited yeah doesn't like you back very much so that was really step one of your healing journey Mm -hmm. and that was you said was that still 2013 it was 2013 2013 so 10 years Uh 10 years now Mm -hmm. um Tell me like what the other steps were, because that's just one part of the process. But obviously now you talk about a lot of different things in your home, not Mm -hmm. just the things that you consume. So tell me about how you kind of did an overhaul on your life. Yeah, I think. Well, and I can't remember what came first, if it was the if I was already making my cleaning products or if it was the food. But it was around the same time where that's where I learned to start reading ingredients and was just kind of alarmed by the things I had in my home. But I didn't ever let myself become overwhelmed. I was not working much at the time. We're on one income, newly married. We'd just gone through all these kinds of like health crises and stuff. So I was really taking it 
kind of like baby steps, but it's what I still do today. It's a, as something runs low or wears out, I would start to look for a replacement that was a little less toxic. And then I've just done that all along the way. So at first, like with the cleaning products, I made all of my own because I was overwhelmed by the options at the store, just the amount of ingredients. I don't know what all these chemicals are. So I was just started making my own. And I so found you just kind of looked up how to do it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's wow. when I started finding like Pinterest or blogs or things where yeah. people were like, oh, you know, you can use this or that or kind of making my own concoctions and yes. seeing what worked and what didn't. And okay. yeah, I found it fun and it saved us money and it worked and I was feeling better. I just found it empowering. It was yeah. cool. And were you already exercising when you were like feeling all this pain? Yeah, some. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't always able to, but mm -hmm. yeah, some. And was that part of your everyday life that changed once you started kind of eliminating things and getting healthier? Not really. Not really. I didn't change much. It's always been around the same. Yeah. yeah. So it was mostly the things you were putting in your body mm -hmm. that you were putting around your home. And I love that you came up with this name a little less toxic because I think it can be so overwhelming for people, mm -hmm. even those who have health scares. But for those of us who have it, like I don't necessarily have one thing that I can look at in my life or some kind of, you know, adverse health event that I can say, oh my gosh, I just got to do an overhaul. And yet I see the benefit in it, but I'm like, oh my gosh, it just seems like so much. How do I eliminate all of these things? But you're saying it's not necessarily something that you have to do overnight. So talk about that balance because I think it can be really intimidating. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it depends too on the person's health, right? If you're in an absolute crisis, you might need to do more of an extreme overhaul than somebody who's not experiencing severe health issues, right? But I, I think in, in either case, if we take on more than we can sustain, it's not going to last. Yeah. So that's just never been my approach. That's never how I suggest anyone does it. It's always just been, what's the next step that I can take that's reasonable? It's within my budget and it makes sense for my lifestyle and all of the things. And there's almost always a choice that is less toxic than what we had. And it might not be perfect. And in the crunchy world, you know, it gets crazy. It's never good enough. <laughs> is a better way for you to pay for your healthcare needs. It's not health insurance. It gives you the tools to negotiate and crowdfund your medical bills. So here's how it works. You pay a $50 membership fee to get access to services like telemedicine, bill negotiation, and join the crowd, which is a group of members just like you who want to help pay for each other's unexpected medical events. This just makes things a lot more affordable. If you've ever used health insurance, which I'm sure you have, sometimes it feels like you don't have health insurance. You have to pay so much out of pocket before the insurance kicks in, in some cases, that it, it just isn't even helpful. And it's so complicated and knowing everything that you have to pay. There are so many surprise bills. But CrowdHealth just wants to make it as easy as possible. The people who started CrowdHealth, they have their own experience with these kind of surprise medical bills. And they're like, look, this is not sustainable for most families. So they wanted to come together and to create a system where a community could help each other with these medical bills without all the complications and the burdens of the health insurance system. This just really can give you peace of mind that no matter what happens to you, no matter what um, healthcare needs you have and what costs you have, there is a community that you are paying into that can actually help you meet those costs. So it's time that you opt out of restrictive health insurance plans let CrowdHealth help fit your healthcare needs. You can get started today 
for just $50 a month. Use code Allie for that discount. Uh, use code Allie to get the health care you deserve. CrowdHealth is not insurance. Learn more at joincrowdhealth.com. That's joincrowdhealth.com, code Allie. Like the thing I laugh about, and I I don't know, I, I wouldn't call myself crunchy. I follow a lot of crunchy accounts. You know, I started following your account a while ago and then other accounts. And there are things that I do and have done over time, mm. definitely over the past couple of years. I think I got crunchier actually during COVID, mm. much crunchier than I was before. Mm. Like a lot of people mm. did because you're like, oh, I don't think I can trust the medical establishment yes. completely. I'm yes. not anti-doctor, anti-modern Absolutely. medicine, yeah. neither are you. Right. But I'm like, I think that I need to make sure that I'm taking charge of these things so I don't have to completely rely on them for all of my health and all of my health answers. But I'm still not even close to being all the way, all the way there. Um, But so I say that to say I don't have any like animosity towards the crunchy community. I respect them a lot. But sometimes, as you said, it's like nothing is good enough. And it's like all these things that people it's like oh we just have to go back to the 1800s on everything if cavemen didn't do it then we can't do it today and i'm like dude cavemen also (laughs) lived for like five years total (laughs) like i think that we can adapt just a little bit and so sometimes it's just too much for me how i mean talk a little bit more about how you strike the balance you talk about this a lot like your alt approach a-l-l-t yeah so just talk a little bit more about that yeah i mean well since sharing online too i feel yeah i call them the crunch police I'm like, it's never good enough. (laughs) I have not arrived. None of us ever are going to arrive. We're never going to live this completely pristine, non-toxic life. I don't care how much you try. And not everyone wants to. If I'm posting a picture of like, oh my gosh, these Sour Patch watermelons are so good. I promise I do not want you to message me and tell me that they're bad for me. I'm not posting them because I think that they're real watermelons. (laughs) Trust me. So yeah, crunch police. I'm going to start using The crunch police. Yeah. And you know, I I think that the stress that we can induce on ourselves trying to live this perfect lifestyle is more toxic most times than any of the ingredients we're trying to avoid. So So it's just not my approach. I feel like that's it's toxic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the alt approach, a little less toxic. Um, A is for assess. So you take inventory and consider what you actually use. So let's just break these down. Take inventory and consider what you actually use. Yeah. And then then what's what? Yeah. Yeah. Because you ever look around your bathroom and there are you know, hundreds of products, but some of them have been sitting in your cupboard probably a year or two and you haven't touched least, it. Do yeah. you really need all these things? If not, and just get rid of it. Clearing up space is going to eliminate dust, but you're also taking out potentially harmful chemicals that are in your cupboard that are off-gassing into your air, right? So by just eliminating things you don't actually need is going to immediately make your home less toxic. Yeah. Mm. And then there's L, let go. And mm. I'm guessing let that's go. what you yeah. just said. Which is yeah. hard because you invested money in these things, but you know what? You already spent the money. Oh. You're not getting it back. It's just sitting in a cupboard or it's not really something that you need. We have so many products and we can really minimize it and make our life simpler and use less things. And then eventually we'll be spending less money too because we're not buying as many products. But yeah, Yeah. let it go. Hmm. Yeah. Even just like for the sake of minimalism and organization, Hmm. at the beginning of the year, I went through our 
like one of our cabinets in our bathroom. And then also we put like our medicine and our vitamins on a shelf in our pantry. And I realized when I went through them, oh my gosh, like there are things in here that we have had since before we moved into this house that expired in like 2017. Yep. So I went through and I just threw them all away. And it even though, you know, it's expired, it's still kind of painful to throw yep. away like a full bottle of medicine or mm-hmm. vitamins or something like that. But like you said, okay, is it just going to keep sitting on the shelf? Right. You're never going to use it. You're not going to feel comfortable. But actually, oh my gosh, that cupboard and that part of our pantry looks so much better just because I didn't even buy anything. Right. It cost no money at all. I just threw things away, which is actually yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. Doesn't it bring peace to like your nervous system too when you've yeah. got like a clearer space and that's another way to live less toxic too. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So assess, take inventory and consider what you actually use. L, let go. Like you don't want to end up being on an episode of Hoarders on TLC because you're collecting expired cleaning items. And then L, level up. So what does this mean? So that's what I was talking about earlier when something runs low or wears out or it's time to replace it. Look for something that's a little less toxic. It doesn't have to be perfect. Something that's within your budget and that makes sense for your lifestyle, but is a little better than the thing you're replacing, whether it be ketchup or shampoo or a rug, whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah. And then T, transform over time. The process takes time to so be patient and watch how quickly things add up. Yeah, so just keep going. More. It's yeah. it, you. Like I said, you never arrive. So I'm 10 years into this. I don't live in this perfectly non-toxic house. I don't live a perfectly non-toxic life and I don't really strive too. I don't want to like, I think perfectionism can be quite toxic too, right? But it's just keep going. So I still do the same things today. And that way I get to try other products and see if they work better for me or if maybe one's a little more budget friendly or whatever it might be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if people are wondering like, well, what specifically rather Mm -hmm. than going through all those things, because that could take hours, Mm -hmm. like I encourage everyone to get your book, A Healthier Home, but then also you can follow her on Instagram, a little less toxic. You're always posting things like, oh, instead of this, you can use this, which is Mm -hmm. really helpful. Like that's really easy. And like you said, I don't have to go out and get it right then. Mm -mm. I can use the rest of what I have if I want to, or maybe not depending on like the threat to my health or my kid's health. Um, And then I can go out and get the thing that's a little better. Yeah. And it can just be a little better, right? It doesn't have to be. You don't have to make your own acetaminophen or whatever it is. (laughs) Like there are some things that you can just get from the store. It's just a little better, but it's still better. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. Yeah. So what is maybe like the most controversial Mm. swap, if you can think of, that you have suggested um, because I, I think I have it on the list okay. and we can talk about it, but is there anything that you've posted like, oh, you shouldn't be using this that you've gotten a lot of pushback about or that you think is controversial? Think, you know, the internet, they, people get riled up about all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The thing that yeah. I'm thinking of, I'll just go ahead and tell you so you don't have to guess yeah. is that like hormonal contraceptives. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think that's controversial mm-hmm. um, because I too have been talking about that for a while, but talk a little bit more about that. Why? Yeah. Um, why should women in your estimation not be taking the birth control pill? Yeah. Well, there are a lot of studies or a lot of research that shows how it can contribute to poor health outcomes. You know, it's, I don't, it never really sat right with me. I started it for acne and like oh, profusive yeah. sweating, right? What is yeah, that? I know. That in was high the school, answer. <laughs> for no reason. You know, I think it's because the doctors assumed that their patients are really having sex, right. even though I was not like, yep. I can't speak for all teen girls, obviously, but I was totally not. Mm-hmm. I was just told, oh, your period was two weeks late one time when you were 16. Let's just get you on birth control. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, even after my last baby, the doctor was really trying to push it on me. And I, I like know better, but she really was trying to be convincing, you know, like, oh, it's normal to, you know, just all the things. But I, I just never really sat right with me, even though I used them for years, but it did, I don't know what kind of, but I mean, it can mess with a lot of things with, you know, your bone health, your hormonal health, fertility. And um, I don't know all the like scientific specifics right now off the top of my head, but it just didn't really sit right with me. And I knew that there could be another approach, yeah. but I didn't really trust myself to do it fully. Like I know people do, uh, you take your temperature and then you chart it and you chart like your cervical mucus and all this stuff. And I just didn't trust myself to do all the things, but I found a little device that helps me to do that because yeah. it has an algorithm in it. So I just take my temperature every morning and pay yeah. attention to my body and been working well yeah so far and you have to be yeah. committed i mean yeah. there are other ways too that are mm -hmm. non-hormonal yeah. birth control options there's a barrier method if we want to use that yeah. euphemism and so there i mean there are ways mm -hmm. there are ways to not take hormonal birth control it's the same thing with the iud and then there's also ethical questions about it because yeah. it doesn't necessarily stop the fertilization mm -hmm. of the egg not everyone knows that it's supposed to but mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily and yeah. so you could still fertilize an egg and then like an iud whether it's copper or hormonal or whether it's a hormonal pill that you're taking it can simply make your uterus inhospitable so mm -hmm. it can kill the egg after it's fertilized yes. so if you believe as i do mm -hmm. that life starts at fertilization, then, okay, there are ethical questions about mm -hmm. that. And I'm not trying to shame because, you know, we, not yeah. everyone knew, not everyone knows that, mm -hmm. but there are questions that we're never even told when we're sitting in a doctor's mm -hmm. office. We are never even told about any of that, which is wild to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. No one ever told me that. I found that out on my own too. Yeah. It's an abortificant. I had yeah. no idea. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. even like, even the process of stopping a period, mm -hmm. because that's what you, you don't have a period when you're on the birth control right. pill, as you know, yep. because it's stopping ovulation. It's mm -hmm. just withdrawal bleeding. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, if women are supposed to have a period and birth control stops us having mm -hmm. a period, is that good? Right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. 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 And the doctors will convince That's what mine was like. Women for all of the time were either like pregnant or nursing. And so they didn't have periods, but that's very different from inducing it with artificial hormones. Exactly. You know, exactly. So, yeah. Okay, let me tell y'all about Patriot Mobile. They are America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They are actually fighting for the things that you and I are fighting for. A lot of times these wireless providers, these, you know, big names, they're sending their money off to places, campaigns, organizations, politicians that are fighting directly against the things that you and I actually care about. That's not true with Patriot Mobile. They are fighting right alongside us when it comes to pro-life issues, when it comes to the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, supporting our veterans and first responders. Also, they have an entirely U.S.-based customer service team that makes switching really easy. They've got dependable coverage. You're not going to be sorry that you switch to Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Allie. Get free activation today with the offer code Allie, A-L-L-I-E. Patriotmobile.com slash Allie. Patriotmobile.com slash Allie. So you're not, I mean, you still see a doctor sometimes, like yeah. we were just talking beforehand, mm -hmm. you gave birth to both of your kids in a hospital mm -hmm. and that was after kind of even this health journey. So it's not like you're anti-modern medicine, no. I'm the same way. So talk a little bit more about that because I know that you probably are a little bit skeptical though, after yeah. being told years and years, just get on more antibiotics and you almost died right. because you didn't get to the root cause. Right. 
I mean, how do we balance that? Well, and then antibiotics saved my life. So I yeah, have to right. really, I have, it's both, both, both things can be true that we are probably over prescribing, overusing a lot of conventional medication and the care is probably outdated or just not really f- tracking with science. Um, but also modern medicine is life-saving. Yeah. And so I, I don't, I don't think that we have to live in either camp that both things are true and I respect both and value both. And I want to just do the best I can with what I know to steward this body I have. During COVID, I remember the phrase doing your own research became something that was mocked. Yeah. I don't know why it's political, but it just yeah. happened to be that a lot of people on the left side of the political aisle would mock that. Yeah. Like You shouldn't be doing your own research. You have no idea what you're talking about, mm. blah, blah, blah. But it's OK. But what's your other option? Because if you had never done your own yeah. research, you wouldn't have gotten better. That's you right. would probably still be on antibiotics yeah. constantly and maybe in constant pain. Maybe you wouldn't yeah. have even had your kids because you were so miserable. So I would love for those people to tell me like, what is the better alternative then? Right. Because apparently a lot of doctors aren't trained in medical school to even look at what the root problem could be. No, no. Or like just nutrition in general. I can't remember the amount of hours is just really non-existent in their training. So it's it's not that I, I have great respect for medical professionals. I have many in my family and I value them very much. And I think they don't know all the things. So it's okay. I know my body better than anyone else does. I'm the one living in it. So it's okay for me to look at other things, consider alternatives and then weigh them, you know, with discernment, with judgment, with science and make a better informed decision for for my needs. Yeah, Yeah, I think so, too. And it can be difficult to know. I mean, every situation, Mm -hmm. I think, is different. Yeah. But you are capable as an individual. God has given you the capacity to read. And I know people want to intimidate You know, I think especially women out of that, like we had a pediatrician that was just so bullying about everything. And it was only like that. He only Mm. had this attitude of like talking over me. And if I would ask a question or ask, hey, can we do something this way? He would say, well, sure we can. You know, you're Mm -hmm. the parent, but I just want you to know there's no logical or scientific backing behind like what you're suggesting. Mm -hmm. And like, instead of explaining Mm -hmm. it to me, he would just make me feel small, but he would not do that if my husband was there. Mm -hmm. It was only when I was by myself. And I'm like, I'm not some like wilting flower, (laughs) but When you have someone in front of you who has those credentials, who I know he knows more than me about medicine and things like that, Mm -hmm. but still what he's saying, it's like, that doesn't sound right. And I know that I care about my child more than you do. So Mm -hmm. can I just ask these questions? Mm -hmm. But sometimes you're just scared to even ask. So I think a lot of what you do is also empowering people to ask questions and not feel silly about it because they know their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Because I think that... We can get a lot of good info from asking good questions. And I think that our questions should be welcome. Yeah. Especially from professionals. And where do you go to like ask these questions? Because Google Mm -hmm. is filled with all kinds of information. Yeah. So how do you sift through it? Yeah, I don't know. That's tough, too. I got good at researching like peer reviewed articles and looking into those. And, you know, there are people that you trust more. But I, I even so you were asking earlier about like product recommendations or that. I don't even like to be like, this is the exact product because things change. And I don't want anyone going to me and saying like, Oh, she said this, you know, I want everyone to be able to just read information on their own and make informed decisions for themselves. But yeah, where do you go? There's a lot of information. It's very overwhelming. And what do you trust? And it's always changing. You know, (laughs) the benchmarks always moving. So I don't really know the good answer to that because 
I don't I don't know really who to, who we trust besides God. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. I, I can't like tell you one specific place or person, but I think that it's a collective of different reliable information and your own God given discernment and instinct. Yeah. yeah. And some of it is common sense. Like Absolutely. when people were, I mean, common sense kind of told us that widespread like cloth masking mm -hmm. probably wasn't going to deter right. a virus. Just, Based on what we know about the flu and how cold spread and like how thin the mask was, yes. it's like, well, it probably just won't. And like you didn't actually need peer reviewed articles right. to tell you that. But that's, you know, it's the same thing. I couldn't tell someone like the one source that I go to to look at political news and things right. like that. It is a lot of, well, based on what I know is true mm -hmm. and based on what makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I will go to the New York Times. Sometimes it will be Fox News. Sometimes it's the Wall Street Journal. Sometimes it's like a medical study. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, you just have to have a kind of, I think, a questioning, not critical necessarily, but a questioning spirit yeah. in every source that you look through, not necessarily looking for something that confirms your assumptions, but looking at things that are consistent with the logic that you already have and yeah. i mean that's a complicated way to put it but it's kind of hard to say well this is exactly you know the only source that you should be looking at right and i think with any topic too you can find an argument on either side in the health world especially you see that all the time too like this you know uh, spinach is terrible for you because of oxalates or you really need to eat more leafy greens like there's there's yeah, no that's so hard ever one definitive answer on these things so you really have to, really have to, to fight it. cancer right. no you need it like a, a, a meat-based, animal-based diet. Right. So hard. Right, yeah. So yeah, we have to use our own judgment. And um, yeah, I, I think also be willing to change our minds uh, because I've been presented with new information over time. That I mean, it changed my life 10 years ago, but it continues too because yeah. I, you know, I, I, I don't live the same way I did 10 years ago, not just because of product swaps, but because I learned new things. So, you know, I avoided dairy for a really long time because I reacted to it. But then I also thought, oh, it's bad for me. But then I learned more information about, you know, like raw milk or whatever and started introducing that and just saw how much better it made yeah. me feel, you know, just being willing to change my mind and continuing to keep an open mind and also ask good questions. Yeah. Is there anything recent? I know you just said dairy. Is there anything else that has been more of a recent swap or recent change for you that you've learned more about or maybe that you've changed your mind on? Uh, I've been learning more about like mold, but that's an overwhelming topic. But that's something I just was really ignorant to until I got sick again. And um, so learning about, I don't know. So there's just new stuff I'm trying to learn more about all the time, but not overwhelm myself with. Yeah. I can't think of anything of a newer swap. Maybe you remember one. The thing I've, one of the things I've really only started thinking about recently is like water filtration. Mm -hmm. And we did get a Berkey water filter. Mm -hmm. And so we have that. But now I'm thinking about all the other water that we put on our bodies, mm -hmm. like the bath water, the shower water. I know yeah. that's something that you talk about mm -hmm. is like, shower filters, but I actually looked at my shower head the other day, oh. not even to mention the stuff that's in the pipes that, you know, brings my water to me, <laughs> or it was the sink, the, the sink faucet, yes. the head of that. And I was like, that doesn't look good. Mm -hmm. That does not look good. That looks like a bunch of gunk that I am so cleaning gross. my dishes with and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. That's something I've been thinking about, which is also a little bit overwhelming because yeah. I'm like, I don't, 
you know, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it's out of our control, right? I can't control the city pipes. Yeah. <laughs> I can control the end a little bit. Yeah. 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 Wow. So I guess that's just, you just do what you can. I say do can. what you can with what you're able and as it makes sense for you. Because yeah. everyone's situation is different. And so I can't tell you like, this is what you need to do. I share what I do in case there's something there that's like a little bit of a nugget of something you can apply to your own life or maybe it's inspiring or even just entertaining. I don't care. I just want to share in case it's helpful. Yeah. Do what you can. All right, last sponsor for the day is Eden Pure. You can purify the air in your home and your hotel room wherever you go with these uh, small, lightweight, but extremely effective air purifiers from Eden Pure. You just plug it right into your wall. It uses O3 technology to kill odors, bacteria, viruses, just things that you don't want hanging on in your air. Right now, they've got an amazing deal going on where you can get three of these thunderstorm air purifiers from Eden Pure for under $200. Like these can be really expensive. They can go for over $600 a pop, but you can get three for under $200. You can can put one in different places in your house just to make sure that you've got whole home protection. You can travel with one, stick it in your hotel room. It works really well that way. It's so seamless and lightweight. You're not even going to notice it. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, put in discount code Allie to save $200 so you can get those three air purifiers for under $200. EdenPureDeals.com, code Allie. EdenPureDeals.com, code Allie. I think a lot of people are kind of waking up to this recently. I mean, there's been a lot of talk. I don't even know why it's like a conservative thing, but it seems like it is recently Mm. about seed oils and being like anti-seed oil. I mean, honestly, it was I think the first time I heard about even what seed oils were Mm. or are, it was on Megyn Kelly's show. Mm -hmm. She had someone on talking about like the hateful eight. And I was like, whoa, I never heard about that. Mm. And what I realized is that it's in a lot of organic food. It's typically sunflower oil. Like even these organic vitamins, and if I said the brand name, people would know exactly what I'm talking about. But they've got some seed oils. They've got sunflower oil and some of their organic, all natural vitamins. And I'm again, that's one of those things that I'm like, okay, you know, I try to avoid as much as possible. Sometimes it's not avoidable, but it is interesting. Just once you start looking into this stuff, mm-hmm. how much of it is even in health foods, which mm-hmm. is why you really, really have to pay attention. Yeah. Whole foods is kind of going under fire. I see. Well, we went yesterday and got some soup and it had canola, you know? Yeah. yeah at Whole Foods. And which the is organic, unnecessary everything. though. Yeah. It's unnecessary. I guess it's cheaper than avocado yeah. oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just what it is. Yeah. And then no one was making a stink about it. So we would just keep using it because it's cheap. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Which I know because I still buy some stuff that mm-hmm. has that has that. I try yep. not to. Yep. But I really appreciate accounts like yours. And I follow some other accounts that will like take people through the grocery store and yeah. say, you know, this is what you're buying, but this is what you should buy. Yeah. Like just the practical stuff yeah. that doesn't overwhelm me and make me feel like I need to overhaul my entire life overnight or else I'm not a good mom. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's what I want. I want the incremental stuff. Yes, and that's what you're about. Yeah. You're about the balance because it's not just about external cleansing. It's also about your internal state as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a whole holistic approach. Like we can't ignore our nervous system and just fry our brains freaking out about everything and expect to be healthy. Because if we're in a constant state of stress, you're never going to feel well. Yeah. Mm. Or a constant state of thinking about 
how can I present this toxic free lifestyle mm -hmm. to people online mm -hmm. too? Yeah. Because yeah. that will just wear you down and fill you with anxiety, yep. which can lead to a whole host of health problems, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's all about balance, people. Yes, it it's is. about your mental health as much as it is your physical health too. And there's a whole like, there's a whole spiritual aspect to this as well, the balance of it, right? I feel like as someone who believes that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, I should take good care of it. And I cannot serve well, live well, or do anything really well when my abilities are limited due to illness, right? So when I was living in all that pain for all that time, I wasn't able to fulfill, you know, I and this is kind of like, I don't think that God can't use me when I'm sick, but I know that if I'm standing in the way of me feeling my best and living my best, then I'm limiting myself from being able to serve in the way that I'm probably designed to. So, you know, I kind of liken it to what back when we were all single and, you know, people were talking about dating and, um, when <laughs> I think it was in a book, but one of my girlfriends got the advice that, like, you know, if you want to find a guy, he's not going to come to your door, be a pizza delivery guy. Like you have to like actually go out into the world, you know, and I feel like it's the same way. <laughs> That's so stupid. But with <laughs> our health that we can't just sit here and expect like, oh, God's going to heal me or, you know, like this is just how it is. This is what like God has for me in my life when there are things that I could be doing to improve my health or not stand in the way of the balanced body that he designed me with. Yeah. And when I am limiting myself that way, I'm limiting my capacity to serve. And so I think that we have a duty and a responsibility as believers to take care of these bodies we've been yeah. given. So there's the balance there as well. Yes. Yeah. It's just being a good steward. Yep. While also recognizing that, you know, we are all going to die. <laughs> and so there is joy found in some pleasures that might also include canola oil yeah. sometimes. <laughs> Not always, but... You know, there is. So it's good stewardship while yeah. also realizing that things are fleeting and life is certainly too short to be weighed down by shame and guilt over things. Not, you know what? Mm. We're not going to have a completely toxic free life until we're in heaven. That's it. That's when toxicity will die. When we are in the new heavens and the new earth, then we will be truly toxic free. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And so until then, we just do the best that we can, just like yeah. anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Without letting it control my life. I'm not going to let non-toxic living be my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But doing the best we can to be responsible That's and right. to steward our bodies and our families well. Yes. Is there any mm -hmm. last bit of encouragement or anything else you would like the audience to know before we go? Not that I can think of, but yeah, I feel like everyone can do this. Everyone can apply these things to their life and just keep going. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, just reference again, her amazing story of how you literally got rid of pain, yeah. chronic pain that you had been dealing with for years by just cleansing your body and your environment. So it can really be a game changer and you and yeah. your family's life. Yeah. So I just encourage everyone to go out, get a healthier home. It's the room by room guide to make any space a little less toxic. Also follow Shauna on Instagram. She's a fun follow, um, a cleansing follow to cleanse your timeline of all the toxicity that might be <laughs> on there. And so make sure that you follow her and buy her book. Well, Shauna, thanks so much. It's great to meet you in person. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Thank you. So fun. Thank you.